When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN Plus, and on your smart speakers, Canty and Carlin is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson and Matt Jones filling in for the guys today. You can always get in touch with us via Twitter at KY Sports Radio. That's him at Amber W Sports. That's me. You can also give us a call. Triple eight, say ESPN. Canty and Carlin is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. We have been reacting all show long so far to preseason week one in the NFL and maybe no bigger reaction than to the Dallas Cowboys because they were an absolute mess in their 17-7 loss to the Denver Broncos over the weekend. I mean, apparently it doesn't matter, Matt, if the Cowboys are playing their first team, their second team, their third team. Mike McCarthy's team is still going to get penalized. This was the most penalized team in the entire NFL last season. It cost them big time, 127 penalties last season, almost eight penalties per game they were averaging last season. We know about the clock management issues there with Mike McCarthy. We know all the question marks around his coaching with this Dallas Cowboys team. We know how hot that seat appears to be. Well, enter preseason week one, and the story didn't look much different. Yes, they sat 20 of their starters on Saturday's game including, of course, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, everyone who matters to that team. But nevertheless, the guys who were there and playing, you know, Matt, are playing for a spot on that team. So you think that they'd be on their P's and Q's. And instead, it was ugly. 17 penalties, 129 yards it cost them that night. Yeah, I think it says, for me, the the big takeaway is that the, the, the Dallas Cowboys are such a story across the country that people dissect the amount of penalties they get in preseason games with their second team. And I actually, in some ways, envy that. Like, imagine being so famous that literally just, you know, making a mistake makes you even a bigger star. The Cowboys can lead the headlines even when they're messing up. And that goes to show the value of that franchise, and it's hard for me to understand why. Now, with that said, they have to find a way, Amber, to even make it to where when they screw up, it's a testament to how good they are. That's how Cowboys fans are. Michael Irvin is the best example because he played with the Cowboys. He's one of the very few NFL players who you can say is definitively only associated with one team because he only played there. And listening to him today on uh, on first take made me believe that he might be the definitive Cowboys fan because he literally took this negative stat of 17 penalties and made it a testament to the Cowboys' greatness. I want folks to hear this is not like turnovers. Turnovers declare wins and losses. You can still win. With all of these penalties, the Dallas Cowboys still had the number one offense in the National Football League, the number one scoring offense in the National Football League. What you should be saying, if the Dallas Cowboys clean up these penalties, they may be chasing the Miami Dolphins. That's what I'm trying to tell you right now. 
So that's what's amazing to me about this group. They take a negative. The, the Cowboy fans are so delusional that they take a negative. 17 penalties for 129 yards and and turn it into we are very close to the 72 Dolphins. Now, the only thing I've heard that's more ridiculous is when you tried to convince me that the Dolphins were going to be really good this year. But I love the, I, I love people that are delusional, and Cowboys fans may lead the country in delusion. If Michael Irvin is talking about them chasing the Miami Dolphins like this season, like the 2022 Miami Dolphins, then maybe we can have a conversation. That does seem possible. According to you, I don't think Cowboys. I, I don't know if you believe that because you're so high on your Dolphins. Well, only if the Dallas Cowboys clean up these penalties. If they were to clean up all these penalties, then maybe we could have a conversation about them being as good as the Dolphins this season. There ain't no conversation to be had about them being as good as the only undefeated team in NFL history in that 19. 19- 72 Miami Dolphins team, which is what Irvin is trying to compare them to. I I just don't expect Dallas to be that great when we are talking about problems that extend beyond just the fact that it appears that they are undisciplined. But we do know the biggest, most glaring problem, at least in terms of the headlines. I'm not even sure it's reality, but at least in terms of the headlines this season, Matt, is Mike McCarthy and how hot his seat is. That's going to be a storyline this entire season. And if you're a coaching staff, you cannot give us more fuel to that fire as a media. And that's exactly what you're doing when you roll out a team, even if 20 of your starters are sitting on the bench, when you roll out a team in the preseason, that looks as undisciplined as that team we saw play the Denver Broncos on Saturday night. I think that is what is remarkable about this, is McCarthy needs this conversation surrounding him to go away away this season it ain't gonna go away like that like 17 penalties in a game is ugly here was Mike McCarthy the Cowboys head coach addressing the penalty issue I think we all recognize that this isn't the regular season so I you know I understand you know your question and as far as you know last year was last year this is preseason I don't think this has anything to do with last year I don't like I don't like the number of penalties you know I made it clear I talked about it at halftime and um, you know talked about it briefly in there so we'll take a long look at it I think I'd feel better if he did that in the reverse order. The I don't like the number of penalties first and then the whole last year is last year and this has nothing to do with last year second because I don't really like the order that he said things. There was zero ownership on the front end. Here's the problem for Mike McCarthy. Once the world decides... And I've never understood, by the way, why people are so down on Mike McCarthy. But once the world decides that they think you're like a bumbling goober, like you can't change that. So once people have the perception of you that you don't know what you're doing and that you're stumbling around and that you don't really understand football, like you can't get out of that. And that's what the world thinks of Mike McCarthy. So they just, no matter what happens, people will look at it as an example of what they already believe about him, which is that he's a guy who doesn't understand time management in football. He doesn't understand how to sort of have the intricacies of modern offenses, and they'll say his teams are undisciplined. So the he is in a sort of no-win situation because if you were to ask the average NFL fan, tell me the coach or the that is the least able to sort of really react to modern football, most people are going to say him. 
So then when he says things like this, people just roll their eyes. I almost find myself feeling sorry for him. And I know he's with the Cowboys, a fan base that I don't feel sorry for at all. But I would hate for the whole league to just think I was a complete moron. And that's kind of how they feel about him. And I think it's actually kind of sad. I don't think it's deserved, but that's what people think. Well, being questioning the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys is a tradition as old as time, right? And it's kind of what you sign up for when you sign up for that job. I mean, it's one of the reasons that but it's a different thing I'm not convinced even. Sean Payton would want that job if that is the job that everybody thinks he's going to get. If I'm a Dan Quinn, I'd be more interested in it. But part of, I mean, part of what's happening here with Mike McCarthy is he's the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. The other thing that's happening is Dan Quinn and Callum But they Moore also think there. he's an idiot, and that's different. It's not just that people think he's, he's the coach and he gets criticized. It's that they literally think he's not smart enough to do the job. That's where I think the criticism for him becomes so personal. I think that when you're living under a microscope, you're coaching under a microscope when you're in that Cowboys environment. But when it comes to the penalties and when it comes to the clock management, I mean, it really does feel like a coaching issue there. Coming up next, a former MVP is giving hints about his future. What does it all mean? We will unpack it next here on Canty and Carlin with Amber Wilson and Matt Jones filling in. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're listening to Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Matt Jones hanging out with you. We are filling in for the guys today. You can find Matt on Twitter at KY Sports Radio. You can check me out if you want to at Amber W Sports, or you can give us a call. Join the conversation. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-888. 729-3776. Matt, we haven't gotten to hoops talk yet today. There are some rumblings coming out of the NBA. Giannis Antetokounmpo said something that set the world ablaze. Let's bring in ESPN's NBA insider Brian Windhorst to talk all things NBA. And Wendy, thanks for joining us. I know you've heard this sound, but for the audience's sake, because we haven't gotten a chance to get into this yet today, Take a listen to Giannis Antetokounmpo. He was speaking to a local station, Fox 32, in Chicago. He was in Chicago promoting something. He was asked about the potential of playing for the Bulls in the future. Here's what Giannis said. I think anybody who asks that question uh, that plays basketball, if he said no, 
he will be he'll be a liar. You know, uh, it's a team that uh, won uh, multiple championships. It's a team that one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player, to ever play this game played for. So it's 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 a no-brainer. Everybody would love to play for Chicago. Down the line, you you never know. You know, you never know how life brings it. Maybe maybe I play for Chicago, but uh, right now I'm committed to Milwaukee. Wendy, what do you make of that sound from Giannis? Nothing. I know that that's not what you're supposed to say on a radio show, but uh, I make nothing. He was in Chicago to promote something. He he answered very politely, um, and uh, he said very plainly, I'm committed to the Bucks. Uh, do I think there's a possibility Giannis could play for somebody other than the Bucks in his career? Of course. Uh, almost every single team plays. Um, almost every single player plays for multiple teams in his career. But uh, I don't think there's anything to be made about this, especially when he's uh, being respectful and polite to a town he's visiting. Yeah, he would be. It'd be hard if he just said, "I would never want to play here. This is a terrible place." Now come to my charity event. But That's nevertheless, right. Brian, I, I have a bet, and I want to see if I'm on the right side of it. I have said from moment one that for many reasons, ranging from trying to find the purse, the right team for the contract, to just the entire getting value, et cetera, that I still think Kevin Durant plays next year for Brooklyn. I, there was there have been times those odds have seemed high. There have been times they've seemed low. As of today, what are the chances that I'm right and he's still playing for Brooklyn next year? Well, I think there's nuance in there because you're asking a simple question, but I think there's nuance. I I'm I don't think that the Nets right now are interested in, in really trading him. And that's not to say that there isn't a deal to be made at some point. But as of right now, with what they've been offered, they're not interested in any of those deals from what I can, can uh, gather. And so I think the Nets believe that they have a really good team. They think that their team will be deeper, that they'll be better on defense, that they'll be healthier. Um, there's actually some pretty interesting situations you could put out there if you think about playing Ben Simmons as a center, which is a concept that has been floated for years but has never really been employed. They don't want to make a trade that is going to make their team not you know, lesser of a contender this year. And so they just believe in that. And so if, if they're sticking to that, if that's their number one premise, it's going to be hard to trade Kevin Durant. Because almost all the time, it's, it's, I suppose there's been maybe once or twice where a team has traded a superstar player and they've been able to recover quickly. When you trade a superstar player, it triggers some level of a rebuild. And that's just not what, what their appetite is for. And so the, the big thing here is the, the, the Nets don't have leverage against the teams making offers because the teams making offers – have decided they're not going to pay a premium price, and they can't do anything to change their mind as of right now. And Durant himself doesn't have leverage over the Nets because he's got a four-year contract that is just now beginning. So when nobody has leverage, you often get the status quo. And so if you're making a wager on the status quo, it's, it's a sound wager just because of all those factors. But whether or not he actually plays for the Nets, now that's a different question. And that, to me, is now the front and center issue. It's no longer to me whether he's going to get traded. Maybe it will be in three months. But right now, it's whether he reports to training camp that is a central question for me. 
Yeah, you said on your podcast, and we're speaking to Brian Windhorse, ESPN NBA insider here on Canty and Carlin, Amber Wilson, and Matt Jones filling in for the guys. You said on your podcast, Wendy, that KD could hold out. It was the first time that I heard anybody actually say it is a possibility. I mean, obviously, we all know it's a possibility, but we all have this idea about Kevin Durant that he's such a professional that he would never sort of pull that ripcord. What has changed your mind about the potential of Kevin Durant holding out? He's put himself in a difficult position here because he's asked to be traded and been told no. He's asked for the coach and the general manager to be fired, and he's been told no. So do you just show up to the first day of school and say, okay, I I will accept these losses and just uh, swallow my pride and go forward? Um, I I think that's hard. Now, I I just don't know what's in his heart and mind. I think he's he's kept that close to the vest, uh, but – I just think it's 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 going to be an issue. And I think really the negotiations that are going to go forward here for the next six weeks are probably going to be negotiations between Durant and the team as much as they are between other teams and the Nets. And these negotiations are directly at the top. It is Durant speaking to the owner, Joe Sy. When Durant asked for the trade, he didn't have his agent tell the general manager. He spoke to the owner. When they met about 10 days ago, it was Durant speaking to the owner. Those two guys are going to, going to probably continue to have to talk to see if they can work this out. And where this gets interesting is this fall. I know there hasn't been a lot of focus on it because there isn't a lot of unrest on the labor front. But this fall, the, the players union and the owners are negotiating a new collective bargaining agreement. There is a deadline in November where either side can trigger this being the last year of the agreement. They can say, okay, we're opting out at the end of the season. So it's sort of a soft deadline that you want to get something done by early December. So that means we're going to be talking, uh, those sides are going to be talking during the fall. And if you've got on the heels of the Ben Simmons situation last year uh, that was very uncomfortable for the league to watch a player, a healthy player, not playing for his team, if you've got one of the faces of the NBA on a four-year contract holding out because he can't get what he wants, a healthy holdout, uh, while they're negotiating, that's going to make things even more complicated. All right, Brian, I have watched you throughout your career, and I almost, I've always liked you, even though I don't know you, because I feel like I've watched you almost grow up as a reporter, like just watched you from your start to now. So when something happens with you, I'm always rooting for you, and I had something happen with my mom a couple weeks ago. She's not even that big a sports fan. She sent me a picture of you and said, who is this person? I see him on Twitter all the time in pictures. Cause you had, he said she, he's become a meme. Should I know who this is? And I said, yes, you should. So I want to ask you, cause my mom, you're now to the point my mom knows you become a meme like you did with the Rudy Gobert situation. It must have been something to do with Kentucky basketball. No, it was actually uh, it was on like a political post. You're that far around. Like now, people are using your like they know you know what's going on for politics. Yeah, well, it was a lot of fun, and you know the first word of ESPN it does stand for entertainment. So sometimes we'd like to have some fun, and sometimes you know in the NBA, especially recently, things have been just really serious, and so I was just trying to have a little bit of fun telling a little bit of a story about what was going on with the jazz. And, you know, one of the things that happens in today's media, you know, if I had come out and said, Hey, listen, I think Rudy Gobert is going to potentially get traded in the next day or two. 
um, you know, that would have triggered a complete different uh, reaction. People would have been like, you know, what's the Gobert trade? What's the Gobert trade? And so I wanted to bring up that I thought the Jazz were going to going to do something without coming out and, and saying it to do a little bit differently. I think people just enjoyed it. And it was also July 4th weekend and there wasn't a lot going on in the sports world. And so July 4th weekend hit, but uh, it's always nice to be on the good side of internet uh, stuff because you know, at some point I'll do something either inadvertently or purposely that'll upset a lot of people. And so maybe you can bank some karma. Well, you have a new fan in my mom, Brian. I just want you to <laughs> well, know. We, we appreciated the appreciate content that. here on Sports Radio, so uh, feel feel free to do that anytime. Allude to things, uh, leave us guessing a little bit. Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA Insider. Wendy, thanks for stopping by. Have a great week, guys. Coming up next, the latest sign that Jimmy Garoppolo will be traded or released. We will tell you about it. That is after this word from Indeed. When you're running your own business, the last thing you need is running into problems hiring. So check out Indeed. The all-in-one hiring solution makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates. With tools like Instant Match, the moment you sponsor a post, you'll instantly receive a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. You can then invite them to apply, schedule, and conduct interviews all from the Indeed website. Visit Indeed.com slash credit to get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We already know the 49ers are planning to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, but there's another sign the 49ers will be making moves when it comes to Jimmy G. Let's bring in ESPN NFL insider Mina Kimes here to Canty and Carlin to help us talk about the Jimmy Garoppolo story and all things NFL. And Mina, thanks for joining us. According to Peter King, apparently Jimmy Garoppolo is out there in San Francisco working out, throwing balls, doing all the things, but he's just never in the same place as the team at the same time. Apparently he doesn't even have a playbook. Is this strange the way that things are occurring right now with the San Francisco 49ers when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo? No, I actually don't think it is. Um, just because everybody knows Jimmy Garoppolo's not going to be on this football team in the fall. That's regardless of whether he's traded because, um, it, you know, if the 49ers would keep him on the roster, they'd be paying about $25 million for a backup quarterback, um, money that they could spend on doing some early extensions for players like Nick Bosa. 
so at some point, he's going to be gone. I think the only question was whether or not they would get something in return for him. And, you know, that's a question that has, uh, I would say, is impacted by Deshaun Watson's suspension, whether Cleveland would be incentivized to do something or whether they would wait it out. Um, Zach Wilson's injury, uh, which now looks to be only keeping him out for two to four weeks, uh, a moment when it looked like it was longer, there was a thought maybe they would trade for Garoppolo. But San Francisco, you know, they're, they're waiting this thing as long out as long as they can in hopes of getting some kind of return. But at some point, they're going to have to cut him loose. So I don't really think there's any issue with him not being part of this team. I mean, I'm going to assume – I'm going to make a couple of assumptions before I answer this question, ask this question. And if these assumptions aren't true, you tell me, but I'm going to assume that they are holding on to him, hoping maybe even to get in the start of the season in case a quarterback somewhere gets hurt. Then somebody trades for them. Somebody doesn't look good. If that happens, one of the quarterbacks that could conceivably get hurt is Trey Lance. And if that were the case, they'd be a lot better off with him there than somebody else. If you're going to keep him, Shouldn't you at least consider making it to where if you ha- if you're the one that has to use him, he's available, or am I just insane? Well, I think you're you have two competing things here, right? It's insurance for Lance, which obviously you'd want Jimmy Gravel, especially given that this is a playoff team with him, as we just saw last season. We've seen throughout Jimmy Garoppolo's tenure in San Francisco, but then there's the money. If Jimmy Garoppolo. If his cap hit was under ten million dollars, they would probably keep him. I mean, honestly, like you know, it, but to spend twenty-five million dollars plus on a backup quarterback—that is rich for any team, even a contender. Especially given, you know, as I said, that there is there are other contracts that they could use that money on right now. So I think if if, he, if Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't so expensive, I think the math would be a little bit different for San Francisco. But I just don't think it's worth it to them to keep him just as insurance for Lance in case of an injury. That said, there's no reason to cut him before the last possible, you know, minute, right? Because there's a chance Lance could get hurt before the season even begins. And then, of course, as you know, we've been discussing, there's also a chance another team would have an injury to their starting quarterback. Mina Kimes, NFL insider, joining us here on Canteen. Carlin Amber Wilson and Matt Jones filling in for the guys. And Mina, just to follow up on that real quick, because as you were describing that, and of course that's how I've understood it as well, it's that $27 million cap hit that, of course, the 49ers aren't going to want if they have him on their roster week one. Could Jimmy Garoppolo renegotiate that, though? Because he's about to be in a situation where, hey, I'm going to get cut anyway, so I'm going to make – far less money, right? Because that's not guaranteed. I don't think a single dollar of his contract actually left is guaranteed. Correct me if I'm wrong. So couldn't he renegotiate to stay there? I mean, presumably he wants to be a starting quarterback, but if that doesn't look like a possibility anywhere, wouldn't that be a possibility then to stay in San Francisco? I just haven't heard anybody talk about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. If San Francisco were to say, okay, we'll pay you somewhere under $10 million or whatever to stay on as a backup, then Garoppolo would have to weigh that against his opportunities elsewhere. And, you know, as we've been talking about, there, there aren't that many opportunities outside of potentially Cleveland, I think, which is probably the most likely one. Um, seems like, you know, it was Seattle is comfortable with the options they have. Carolina obviously traded for Baker Mayfield. Um, so, yeah, I think Jimmy Garoppolo really, I would, I would say, compared to backup jobs elsewhere, you could see him wanting to stay in San Francisco, given that the money's right. The only way I would see him wanting to move on is if there is a starting opportunity. And in that case, um, you know, that might matter more than the money even 
because I imagine he still wants to be a starter in this league. Let's move on to some other storylines coming out of preseason week one here. I mean, Jalen Hurts, he was a perfect six for six, 80 yards. How big of a deal, if at all, was it? You know, it's a preseason, but <laughs> I thought he looked good. Um, looked very comfortable operating from inside the pocket when the pocket broke. We saw what we often see with Jalen Hurts, which is tremendous mobility. I thought he made a beautiful touchdown throw on the move as well. Um, notably, too, you know, he didn't have all the starters with him. Two-fifths of the offensive line was out. Uh, Devontae Smith, number two wide receiver, wasn't playing. And I think that matters because part of the reason why a lot of us, myself included, are so confident in Philadelphia this season is not just because of Jalen Hurts and the progression that he's shown. It's because this is the best roster in the NFC East. Honestly, one of the best rosters in the NFL, in my opinion. Um, so for him to look confident and to show some improvement as a passer, um, you know, even without all of the starters in, I think is a good sign for Eagles fans. Mina Kimes, ESPN NFL insider, joining us here on Canteen. Carla Amber Wilson and Matt Jones filling in for the guys. We're having some technical difficulties with Matt. He will come back very shortly. Mina, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Canty and Carlin's presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Coming up next, NFL.com is releasing its top 100 players, and the quarterback rankings are whack. That is Evan Wilner's word that he just put on my screen. He's bringing whack back. That is also news that we will get into next. This is ESPN Radio. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The NBA, we now know the Christmas Day games. We also know what NFL games are going to take place on Christmas Day as well. So tell me what you're more interested in here. First of all, are you more, when it comes to holidays, are you more of like an NBA kind of guy or are you more of an NFL kind of guy? I enjoyed the whole Christmas Day NBA thing that's developed because it's a good you, – you wake up, noon is the Knicks game, I think. I have the same conversation with my mother every year. She looks at the crowd and my mom goes – who are these people that want to spend Christmas Day at a basketball game? And we have that conversation every year. So I enjoy it. But this year, there's, of course, the issue of football at the same time. Every regular season football game matters than every re- matters more than every regular season basketball game. So I will be watching the football, which is a shame because those basketball games, from what I've seen with Celtics, Warriors, and Lakers, Mavs, they actually look awesome, but I'm still going to pick football. Yeah, let me go through this slate here. So on the NFL side for Christmas Day, you get the Packers at the Dolphins, 1 p.m. Eastern. I'll be tuned into that because I'm a Dolphins fan. Broncos at Rams, 4.30 p.m. Eastern. Bucks at Cardinals, 8.20 p.m. 1 p.m. Eastern, I will only be watching because I'm a Dolphins fan. Otherwise, that would be the game that I would not partake in in Christmas Day because that is still really in the thick of it, right? Like, it's after Christmas morning, fine, but I feel like there's still stuff going on. By the time you get to Christmas night, maybe you can kind of get away with it if you're not a Christmas dinner kind of family, but it's hard to fire up the television and sit down for an entire game in the middle of your Christmas festivities. However, if you're an NBA fan, you've got a lot to choose on to do just that. The Bucks are at the Celtics, the Sixers are at the Knicks, Suns at Nuggets, 
Lakers at Mavs, Grizzlies at Warriors. So you've got a lot of content that you can potentially get to on Christmas Day if you're a sports fan generally. Yeah, and I think it's good because there's a lot of people that, be, to be honest with you, by Christmas afternoon, they don't want to see their families anyway, right? Like, they've like, <laughs> we've had plenty of it. I've got all I need. I don't need any more family at this point. I'm not saying who that is, but it's a lot of people. Well, that's why I was thinking the later in the day games are easier. Like, if you don't have a Christmas dinner, it's like, all right, we did the thing. You know, we spent the first half of the day together. I can kind of slip away and fire up the television, whereas some of these earlier games might be more difficult for people. I will have to uh, get snippets of my sports in between all the celebrating for Christmas. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Matt Jones filling in for the guys. Canty and Carlin's presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can always follow us on Twitter at Amber W Sports. That's me at KY Sports Radio. That's him. So, Matt, NFL released its annual top 100 players. We've seen number 51 through 100 released. So, right now, we just have the back half of this top 100. This is players currently playing in 2022. There were some notable things on this list that I wanted to go through with you and get your reaction. Mac Jones is sitting as the 85th best player in 2022. Is the quarterback of the Patriots too high, too low, just right? Too high. I mean, I think he had a lot uh, more success as a rookie than I would have I would have believed, but I, I, I think if you look at the list, there are quarterbacks that I would put ahead of him. I think he's a game manager guy. Now, listen, if he takes a big step forward this year, could I see him as a top 100 guy? Yes, but that means you're basically saying out of the 32 teams, Mac Jones is like a third best player on most teams, and I just don't think he's at that level. I've, I am 100% with you. He had a good rookie season. He's also in a good system. Belichick did what he could to put Jones in a position to succeed, cover up some of his shortcomings. It didn't look quite as good down the stretch in the second half. It didn't look good in the postseason. But Mac Jones made a Pro Bowl in his rookie year. I'm not taking that away from him. I'm not making him a top 100 player in the NFL yet. I'm not making him a top 90 player in the NFL yet. To me, it's too soon I'm going to need to see more of it even though I recognize that sure he had a good rookie season and maybe he's set up for success here in his sophomore year it's a pretty good day when you get drafted by the guy who most people think is the best football coach of all time so let's move on on this list to another quarterback who's been in the league a lot longer Derek Carr is 65th on this list so 20 spots ahead there of Mac Jones what do you make of Derek Carr sitting at 65? I would actually go the opposite with Derek Carr because I think whereas Mac Jones is on there because he plays for the Patriots and thus he ends up being sort of elevated because of that, I think Derek Carr is better than 65th, but he's brought down because he plays for the Raiders. I'm with you. I don't like agreeing with you as much as we're agreeing. It makes me uncomfortable, but I'm with you. I actually think Derek Carr is a top 50 player in the National Football League. I mean, I'm saying that without actually going through the other 49. And so I'm kind of just throwing that out there. But that's my initial reaction is, uh, yeah, Derek Carr, 65. I mean, I probably would put him top 50. I don't think he's, you know, necessarily like top, 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 top tier quarterback. But I think he's a very, very good quarterback. And we're going to 
see what it looks like now with Devontae Adams catching footballs from them and with Josh McDaniels as his coach. But I think that Derek Carr is going to have a really good season. I think this ranking is going to seem far too low. Don't, Russell- you, think that, don't you think, though, having a Devontae Adams is going to be a huge thing? for He has not had a guy like that. And then when you get Waller healthy, I think I think he will be the guy that we'll look at at the end of the year and go, that his standing in the league has risen higher maybe than any other quarterbacks in one year because of just the weapons he'll have. Yeah, the only problem for me is the division that he's playing in. But otherwise, he's in absolutely a position to succeed this season. In a way, I agree with you that he hasn't been maybe ever before. And I think Derek – I've always thought Derek Carr is one of the most underrated players in the NFL. Now, I'm not saying Derek Carr's Tom Brady. He's not. But Derek Carr is a very good quarterback. I mean, I'm surprised him sitting at 65th. So I do think that's going to look like a bad ranking by the end of the year. Russell Wilson is only a few spots ahead of him. Russell Wilson sitting at 61st, even though he's got the Super Bowl under his belt. What do you make of Wilson, the new Denver Broncos quarterback at 61? Okay, again, it's hard until you see the others, but I do feel like, you know, was it what he had taken a few years off and then Dr. Dre, the rapper, put forgot about Dre. I think people are forgetting about Russell Wilson. Yeah, they haven't been good in the last year or two, but I don't think know that that's his fault. I think he, too, has a chance to have a really good year. Now, he doesn't have the weapons that we're talking about, but that's a team that I think can be very, very good. I don't see any reason we might not see him as a top. I mean, where was he three or four years ago? Top 25, top 20. What has he done to go all the way down to 61? I think quarterbacks are all going to be higher, higher because they matter more. I think he actually is probably too low as well. I'm traditionally not somebody who's been super high on Russ the last two years. Now, given down years for Russell Wilson, if you pull the stats, are still very good years. But when we're comparing him to himself, he has had a couple more down seasons. Now, given last year he was playing through, I believe it was the thumb injury that he was playing through all season, he's going to be healthy this season. And obviously he was on a bad Seahawks team, so there's that as well. I mean, he slipped because he has seemed like he's slipping a little bit in his career. All of this is going to come into clear focus at the helm of the Denver Broncos. Again, brutal division. Absolutely brutal division. I'm not one who thinks the Broncos are a quarterback away. I've never fully bought into that. But even all of that being said, I'm surprised he's not a top 60 player in the National Football League, according to this list right now. A guy apparently who is a top 60 player, Matt, is a guy named Kyler Murray. He is ranked 57th on this list. So to recap, Kyler Murray is ranked higher than Russell Wilson and Derek Carr. What do you make yeah, of Kyler Murray? At I don't get that because I, I think look, he is not he has not come close to the actual production of those other two guys. Now, if he hits his peak, is he better? Yeah, maybe because he can do more stuff. But I got to see it. They haven't they haven't made you know they have made the playoffs. What is it that Kyler Murray's done to make him higher? He is a perfect example of how we always overvalue sort of potential in determining how good someone is right now. Now, if you're asking me which of these three guys would I rather have for the next ten years, maybe I pick him. But if you're asking me who this year 
definitively is better. I don't know how you can have Kyler Murray ahead of those guys. I think he is a victim, not a victim because he's actually being promoted, but he's sort of a hype machine in some ways. And I, I was shocked to see that he was higher than both those guys, especially Russell Wilson. I mean, what has he done to be ahead of Russell Wilson? I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, I think that's ridiculous as well. Finally here, Matt, OBJ is 90th. Now that's a guy who's had two ACL injuries Outside of the Super Bowl, you could argue how relevant what he's done really since his Giants days. Is Odell Beckham Jr. being 90th on this list too high or too low? Most ridiculous thing on the list. What has he done in recent years to matter at all? He shouldn't even be in the top 100. You talk about having something based solely. That's like, you know, saying that, well, I can't even think of a good analogy because it's so ridiculous. OBJ is, you talk about a guy built by hype and with nothing recently to justify it to me him being on the top 100 100 is absolutely ludicrous the only argument I can make for that I guess is that he did matter to the Rams in the postseason and obviously he even mattered in the Super Bowl before that injury coming up next there's plenty more to get to on Canty and Carlin with Amber Wilson and Matt Jones